Thank you. You may be seated. If your Bible doesn't automatically fall open to Matthew chapter 5, I invite you to, to turn there because we'll be continuing on looking at the Beatitudes, the introduction to Jesus' great Sermon on the Mount. Today, looking specifically at verse number 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And what a wonderful prelude to that excellent truth from the Lord Jesus as we sing, Lord, help us to turn our eyes toward you. And as we turn our eyes toward God's word and our hearts toward his truth, it's my prayer this morning that we meet him afresh and anew and that we walk away changed and transformed for his glory. Amen? Clean your glasses. I can still hear my mom's voice say that. Ever since I was in the sixth grade, um, I, was, I wore glasses. It was a, a life-changing experience. Wow. So that's what the chalkboard looks like. I, I, could, I could actually see, see a baseball coming. Hitting it was still a challenge. And the day I got glasses, after a brief time of adjustment, the whole world became clearer and and brighter. But that exact same day, another great challenge arose, keeping them clean. And in fact, I, I probably could stand to clean them right now. Fingerprints, dirt, dust, grease, smudges, splashes of liquid, anything that came in contact with my glasses back then and even still today just seems to stick and over time makes it a little bit more challenging to see. And it builds up slowly over time and so you don't really notice it until there's a problem or someone points out, hey, think you might want to clean your glasses or if they're extremely courteous they may say hey let me see those and they'll they'll clean them for you and usually you're like wow that's much better and i found out that with glasses clear vision was possible but i had to work at it to keep it that way now that helped my physical vision but we're really here today to talk about spiritual vision What can we exactly see spiritually? Can we actually get clearer vision? And what in the world are we supposed to be looking at anyway? In the Beatitudes, Jesus mentions that type of vision that can't be helped with a pair of glasses. Requires a 
change, a transformation on the inside. It's not about getting new lenses as some people do when they have cataract surgery, but it's about getting a new heart, a pure heart. In fact, he said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, if you think about that, you have to just step back and say, that's amazing. How how can that happen? You mean me, just a a dude or just a, a lady can see God? How in the world would that even begin to be possible? And then you consider the requirement. It requires what? A clean heart. And as we look at it this morning, we'll start to understand that clear spiritual vision is possible, but it comes only from a clean heart. And in these minutes that we have, I want us to explore this idea that true blessing, what we've been looking at is we've looked at this set of verses called the Beatitudes, the true blessings of the Christian life exist for the pure in heart that see God through the eyes of faith in the present and will see God face to face in eternity. True blessing does truly exist for the pure in heart who see God through the eyes of faith in the present and will see God face to face in eternity. Praise be to God. I'd like us to read these verses again. There's only 12 short verses just to keep them fresh in our mind and always to help us understand that they're a group that go together like the fruit of the Spirit, that we can't take them individually. We need to look at them as a whole So let's begin reading in verse 1 of chapter 5. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he, Jesus, opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Ah, Jesus, we do turn our eyes toward you this morning. We turn our eyes toward the pages of our Bibles. We turn our eyes toward you who is the one who is King of kings and Lord of lords, holy of holies, that is worship, worthy of all worship, who is faithful and true. And we ask, God, that in this time we have in this place, on this sixth day of November, that you would find us willing and ready to meet with you. And that we could fellowship with you, O oh, our God, through the truth of your word and by the power of your spirit and you would use the words that I speak to communicate the truth you would have us to understand 
you would help us to allow it to sink in and to change us and transform us that we would never again be the same. And we ask this in the name of Jesus, our Savior. And we pray in His name. Amen. So for the last six weeks, we've been marching through the Beatitudes, the blessings of God's kingdom, qualities of His kingdom, citizens. We looked at the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the ones that are meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness and the merciful. And today we look at those that Jesus calls the pure in heart. Try to understand before we're done a little bit more about what Jesus is talking about. You know, what is the heart anyway? What does it mean for us to be pure in heart? And how can someone see God? There's an outline on the back of the bulletin for you to to follow. There's some blanks to fill in, some space to write. But let's just get started and try to see what Jesus wants us to know when he says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I think the first thing we need to, to look at is to explore is to explore this idea of a clean heart. In fact, the Bible says quite a bit about the heart, not just talking about that muscular organ that pumps the blood throughout our body, but actually in the idea that the heart is the, the spiritual center of life. That when the Bible talks about the heart, it refers to the, the center of our, our thoughts, our mind, the center of our emotions, the feelings that we have. It's the, the inner person, who we are on the inside. It's the, the center of our life and our being. I guess you could say it this way, the, the heart is the, the master control or the mission control of human life. It's where our judgments and our decisions originate. It's where our feelings come from. And it's where our actions are given life. It's the real you that makes the decisions of life. It's not the person you present on the outside, but it's who you are down underneath your your skin. And the Bible says that apart from Christ, our heart is really not that great Definitely wouldn't want to follow our heart. The Bible says things like the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked above all things. That apart from Christ, that heart we have is hard like a rock. And it only desires to please self. So the heart left to itself is not really that great. But when a human heart is surrendered to Christ, the Bible says it's made new, that that heart of stone is turned into a, a heart of flesh, a heart that desires to follow God, to please God, and to walk in holiness and purity. Now that's a little bit about what the heart is, and that purity of heart always starts on the inside. Now we talked about glasses earlier, but... Has anybody tried to clean the inside of your windshield lately? I personally think it's next to impossible. The outside, now that's, that's easy. That's cake. 
I mean, you press the button, you spray the water, you let the wipers do the work, or if you're at the gas station, you get that squeegee out, and you get all the bugs and all the stuff off, and you look back like, man, that's better. But man, the first time you get behind the wheel, you've cleaned your inside windshield, and you face the sun, you realize, oh my gosh, the inside is nasty. And you get the Windex out, and you spray, and you wipe, and you wipe, and you spray, and you think it's clean. You look up. Streaks everywhere and if you're like me sometimes you think why did i even start because it looks worse than it did before i even tried to do it and it takes forever and you keep wiping and spraying and wiping and spraying and even when you get done it's still not that great now that's a challenge but think about your own life Now, we can clean ourselves up on the outside, and we can feel pretty good about ourselves and think we're looking pretty good, at least temporarily. But it doesn't last very long. It's not permanent. And really, it doesn't make a lasting difference in our lives. Because it's only external work. It doesn't do anything to change our character, our nature, our heart. And if you've walked with in life for any amount of time, you've come to understand that only God can do the work that's necessary on the inside. Or you could say it this way, only God can cleanse our hearts. He does all the work. He gets all the credit. We simply just submit ourselves to Him and cooperate. a prayer someone like david prayed in psalm chapter 51 verse 10 create in me a clean heart O god and renew a right spirit within me that we submit we say god we need you to cleanse us we confess and we repent and then we experience the washing the cleansing work of the holy spirit and he does his work of transformation we have purity of because of the work that God does through His Spirit on the inside. But what exactly does that clean, pure heart even look like? William MacDonald, one Bible scholar, says it this way, it's, pure, it's a pure-hearted person with unmixed motives, holy thoughts, and a clean conscience. So let's think about it this way a clean heart is is a dedicated heart shows love and allegiance to god and god alone it has a desire to hear god's voice to follow his leading and to obey his instructions so a clean heart is dedicated a clean heart is also sincere it's a heart that's not about fakery or tricks It's not hypocritical. It doesn't put on a mask or pretend to be something that it's not. It's honest before God and honest before men. And the motives and the actions are pure. There's no hidden agenda. So it's dedicated, it's sincere, but also it's blameless. Not a clean heart is also someone who has clean character. Now, basically that just means that 
there's no legitimate accusations that can be made against someone. Now, in this time around elections, um, I think political campaigns and especially advertising are much more about accusations than information. Some of those are well-founded. Some of those are without any legitimacy. And for the Christian to be blameless, it's not perfection, but it's to stand before those in their family, in their community, and for people to say, you know, I, I can't really accuse him of anything, and if I do, it wouldn't be true. That they have honor and respect from others in their family, in their church, in their community. Each one of those things is the result of God working on the inside, but Every one of them shows on the outside. So the cleanliness of life, holy living, starts with our heart, but then it shows in our words and in our actions. Just to give you a couple of verses about the importance, and there are several in Scripture. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 7, Paul writes, For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. So we're called to be holy. And then Hebrews 12:14 tells us to strive for peace with everyone and for holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Hey, that's important to what we're talking about. The pure in heart will see God. So if that's the case, the more pure, the cleaner our heart is, the more we should be able to see God and experience his presence in our life. But we also have to understand that the opposite of that is likely true, that the less pure our heart is, the more sin and self that is in our life, the more difficult it becomes to hear God's voice, to see His hand at work in our lives. But our goal, if we're a follower of Jesus, is to have a clean heart that leads to clear vision. A clean heart leads to clear vision. That's the principle Jesus is teaching. Cleaning my glasses with a rag and some cleaning solution may help improve the sight through the glasses, but it does absolutely nothing to help my spiritual vision. And in the same way, as much outward cleaning that we do and try to do it won't ever improve our spiritual vision it's internal heart work and if that heart which is the control center of who we are is focused our spiritual vision will be in focus but if our heart becomes divided or distracted or clouded we lose focus But here's the promise that we hang on to. The pure in heart will see God. And we know the Bible teaches very clearly that God is spirit and cannot be seen with human eyes. In fact, the Bible describes it and says He is invisible and lives in unapproachable Light, His glory, His Shekinah glory, the glory that 
Moses, who longed to see God, was shielded from in the cleft of the rock where God spoke to him and said, No one can see me and live. But yet there, sheltered in the cleft of the rock, Moses is able to get a glimpse of the backside of God and it left him in awe and wonder. John chapter 6, John records for us that that Jesus himself said that he was the only one that has ever seen God. So if he's invisible and lives in unapproachable light, what can Jesus be talking about? How can anyone see God? Well, I think we have to start by understanding a little bit about what Jesus is saying when he says see. Now when I see see, I immediately think about the physical act of using my eyes to gain information, to, to look upon something. We do it every day. We, we read, we, we drive, we watch television. But there's also a deeper understanding, uh, a more figurative meaning when Jesus talks about seeing. It's the ability to perceive something or to get an accurate understanding. See, in the human body, we have eyes that are connected um, to an optic nerve. We have retinas at the back of our eyes. We have an optic nerve. And then we have in our brain, a part of our brain that's called the the visual cortex. It's a large part of our brain that is the um, place where vision images and things like that are, are processed. So our eyes carry that image through the optic nerve into the visual cortex. And that is literally like a photographic encyclopedia of your life experiences. That's why sometimes you can close your eyes and you can literally see an an image. And so the eye takes in the information, the visual cortex processes that information or gives it meaning or understanding. Now, spiritually speaking, we see things with our eyes, we hear things with our head, we experience the presence of God. And when we see God, we begin to grasp or comprehend who He is and we get a a more heightened awareness of His presence. You might have heard someone say along the way that seeing is, is believing. Now, most people reference that in the idea of like, well, I need to see it for myself. Show me, you know, the page in the book you're talking about. Show me the picture. Show me the person. But spiritually speaking, it's having that perception of the presence and the reality of God. Because remember, we're not talking about physical sight. We're talking about spiritual vision. So when Jesus says you will see God, it's an awareness of who he is, where he's leading, where he's at work. And when our lives are not stained with sin or clouded with self, we become more aware of God and his presence. So how in the world can we see God? We know Moses got that glimpse of God's backside. We know that Jesus was visible to those on earth while he was alive and he appeared 
to his disciples and to others after his resurrection. But what about you and what about me here on the earth in 2022? I think there's really two ways that you can look at this. That there is a way that we see God in our present state and there's also a future, even more glorious reality that waits for us. See, in the present, we as Christians see God through the eyes of faith. Those that are made righteous in Christ have eyes, spiritual eyes, to see God's hand at work in the world around them. You know what I'm talking about if you've experienced that. You see God's hand at work in literally everything. You don't attribute it to fate or to chance. You see it's God's working through the good and the bad, and you give Him glory. Why? Because we see, we perceive what we know and what we love. And since we know God and we love God, we see His hand at work. Think about this example for just a second. You know, those that study astronomy are more likely to notice the stars and the planets in the sky. An artist is more likely to recognize the qualities of fine art. A botanist walks around and enjoys the intricacies of plants and flowers. The optimist... What do they see? The good in things. And of course the pessimist sees the bad in things. And Jesus says it's the pure in heart that will see what? To see God. See, when we know God, we love God and focus on Him with a pure heart. We're able to come before His presence without shame. We have clear vision to see His plan and His purpose. We get to hear Him speak to us through His Word and by His Spirit. We speak to Him. And we see the work of His hand, both good and bad. And we observe His goodness. We observe His glory. And we're able to give thanks in all circumstances. In Hebrews chapter 11, that great roll call of of faith that faith hall of fame, it tells us that Moses, by faith, in verse 27, he left Egypt not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. He endured as seeing him who is invisible. So we see through the eyes of faith the evidence of God, the presence of God in our world and in our lives as seeing Him who is invisible. Now that in itself is amazing. But it gets better. Because Jesus is also talking about a future event. He says the pure in heart shall or will see God. That means that there's something waiting in the future that is not yet fulfilled. When Paul wrote his letter to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 12, he says this, Now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. 
Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. Think about this. In eternity, in heaven, the Christian will see God face to face. You'll see God Himself in all His glory. That's why the writer John in Revelation 22 says, No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and His servants will worship Him. Verse 4, They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads. They will see His face. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, who is a British pastor, just said these words, You and I are meant for the audience chamber of God. You and I are being prepared to enter into the presence of the King of Kings. Do you believe it? Do you know what is true for you today? Do you realize that a day is coming when you are going to see the blessed God face to God? What a day that will be. I was thinking about this earlier. How much more exciting, though, for those who have never had physical sight, for Fanny Crosby, the great hymn writer, for, for Samara, my, my daughter, for those who have never had physical vision, the first thing they are going to see with physical eyes is Jesus face to face. That what they've known and experienced with spiritual eyes will come to all fruition in great glory when they see their Jesus face to face. As the hymn writer said, what a glorious day that will be when my Jesus I will see. Faith made sight. Invisible made visible. Joy unspeakable. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You see, true blessing exists for the pure in heart who see God through the eyes of faith in the present and will experience, see God face to face in eternity. So as we wrap things up today, let me just ask you, how's your spiritual vision? How are you seeing today? Some people may respond, what are you talking about? Because it's only those who've trusted in Christ who have that spiritual vision that we are talking about. If that's you, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you're thinking about that because you can gain that vision through a relationship with Jesus. It's so simple but so transformative. It's simply trusting in Jesus by faith. It's renouncing your sin confessing your sin, repenting, turning toward Jesus, saying, hey, I put my faith and my hope in you. It's those that are poor in spirit that say, hey, I got nothing without Jesus and I need him. And you can begin to learn what it means to have spiritual vision. Now there's other people that may honestly say, you know, if I was honest, I'd say it's a little blurry right now. Spiritual vision's kind of got a little problem there maybe a little more than just cleaning my glasses maybe i've got some cataracts or some blind spots developing there's good news for you as well 
you can enjoy cleanness of heart and clarify your, your vision through repentance and faith. Oh, and there's probably some that would say, I've got my eyes fixed on Jesus. I see Him at work around me. I know how poor in spirit I am. I mourn over my, my sin. I'm seeking after righteousness. I'm experiencing God's cleansing. I could see God when I open up my Bible. I could see His work and the beauty of creation and His work all around me. And, and you would say, honestly, I just can't wait to see Him face to face. And if that's you this morning, praise God. Pray for us. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not all the way there yet. But I want to be. So here's the encouragement for the rest of us. God's always true to His Word. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. It's a promise which tells us, first of all, that purity is possible because of Jesus. You can have a new heart, a clean heart. Today, tomorrow, the next day, and the next day, and the next day. You haven't blown it. Don't give up. God's not finished working. He can bring purity if you're willing to cooperate with Him. Confess and repent. He forgives, heals, and cleanses. You get a clean heart. And that clean heart has clear vision. And the clear spiritual vision, through that you see God. With eyes of faith in this life. And oh, on the day that you enter into glory, face. Jesus you will see. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Will you pray with me? Ah, Lord, we are amazed, blown away by your goodness to us. That dirty, unclean, broken, Sinners can find cleansing, purity, wholeness, and completeness in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's good news. It was good news yesterday, and it's good news today, and it'll be good news tomorrow and forever. That we can have forgiveness of sin, we can have peace with God through a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That as we turn our eyes toward you in trusting faith, you don't despise us, you don't reject us, you accept us, you adopt us, you forgive us, you cleanse us, you change us. And that we begin the journey of walking with you as your children. Oh God, we thank you that not only do you give us the opportunity to experience purity of heart. But Lord, as our spiritual vision focuses on you and we see you high and lifted up, we gain a hunger and a thirst for more of your kingdom. For more of your righteousness to be filled with more of you and less with ourselves 
or to experience deeper levels of repentance and asking for forgiveness, Lord, for, for surrendering more of our lives to you. And she would have more of us. Lord, we thank you for your word that encourages and challenges. Blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they shall see God. Lord, help us to take you up on your offer of cleanliness. Help us to seek to see you with clear spiritual eyes that we can walk in truth, that we can walk with purpose, that we can live out your plan, your mission in our lives, in our day. That Jesus would be lifted up, the gospel would spread, that people would be saved, that you would receive glory. Thank you, O Lord, for your willingness to speak and help us to be willing to listen. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. We come to this time of invitation to respond to the invitation that our Lord issues to us. To speak to Him, to hear Him speak to us, to bring our, our needs, our wants, our hurts, our struggles before Him and allow Him to bring cleansing, to bring strength, to bring healing. You can pray where you are. You can be on your, on your knees. You can be seated. You can be at the front. You can grab another brother or sister and say, hey, pray for me. You can come and I would gladly pray for you. Today just might be the day that you allow God to do that cleaning work that He wants to do. And you see your vision clearer. And you see your Savior like you never have before. We're going to sing a song. I invite you to stand together with me as we sing. And as God speaks, just trust you would respond and not waste this moment. So let's sing together.
turn our eyes towards Jesus and his full and his wonderful face. Oh, the words of that song and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Oh, Lord, help us to keep our eyes on you, the clean heart that has clear vision. I want to thank you for worshiping today. Also, just want to once again express thanks on behalf of Deborah and Samara and I for the wonderful gift, the money tree for pastor appreciation. Um, it came at the great, the right time. It was greatly appreciated, and we are so thankful um, for it. And just much appreciation. And just to let you know, Deborah and Samara both feeling better. They both still have a pretty hearty cough, um, and so um, they should be back next week. So just pray for them that they get over this and be able to put this tree behind them. So if you have sick folks in your family too, just pray that they'd be, be well and that you would stay well. It's been good to be in the, in the Lord's house this morning. It's good to worship together. Um, we're going to close this morning with a song. So we'll sing together and when the music starts, um, you're free to go and you're just